Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. What's this about Canada Day and wearing orange? I, I stole can, your thunder immediately. Yeah, I can tell you all about that. That's a fun one. But um, it's how Canada Day has been canceled, basically. Canada Day has been canceled? Yeah. I don't even... So Canada Day, that's like Independence Day in a, in America, like in American terms? Yeah. So it's so July 1st, Britain signed the British North America Act, which turned Canada from a colony to a dominion. Um, all right. Mostly because... Is this, is this podcast? Are we... Are we contenting now? Well, I just, the, you had this in the cold open. So I wanted to know, I, I'm like curious. I don't know what, what everything is. It's the why most did, authentic would, cold open. It's the um, most authentic cold open. So, you just hit me with Canada Day being canceled. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's hap- what happened? So so the thing is that Canada Day, uh, July 1st, which uh, is two days after this episode comes out. If, uh, uh-huh. if, if, our, if the, 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 the stars are to be believed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was the day that Canada became a dominion, which is like being independent except you still share a military. Uh, It's what Australia was Mm. for a while. It's what like a lot of former British colonies were for a long time. Gotcha. And so Canada uh, was essentially made because um, the Americans were expanding out west and uh, they did not believe that the Americans were going to keep to their word about not expanding above the 35th parallel or 34th Ah. parallel. And so they're like, okay, we got to get like people into this region that was in full of indigenous people. But, you know, you you know, um, because America was already, this was like the 1860s. So America was already like, you know, going out there. Right. Yeah. And so they were like, OK, we're going to make uh, we're going to merge like these colonies together and like go take care of this for us and go to these places. And you see people running about like the inhospitable wasteland that is like modern day Saskatchewan and stuff. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But um, more recently is that uh, if you recall, this is this is the last fun part. You might remember about a year ago. Canada got in the news quite a bit because um, part of the creation of Canada and building our identity was building um, what are what was called the residential school system, which was essentially oh. a cultural genocide program for indigenous children uh, I that do remember brutally this. mistreated children. And uh, last year, around this time, uh, there was a like discovery of hundreds and hundreds of uh, dead bodies of of like chat like graves of unmarked graves yes. of uh, of of these kids who were oftentimes like sick and not given proper treatment and like all that kind of stuff uh, ruthlessly abused it's one of the it's one of the darkest chapters in canadian history i brought a i actually made a video about it but um yeah that's no good that's uh that's that's uh awful that's truly terrible it is one of the worst i mean it is the um it's the original sin of my country uh but one of the things about it is that there's a story of a girl who uh when was when she was sent to residential schools they took away her favorite orange shirt and so um, now um, orange has sort of become the unofficial color of like indigenous solidarity in Canada. Um, right. There's a lot of like in, in my neighborhood, which is, you know, fairly like it's a champagne socialist community, basically. It's full of um, like, you know, little orange flags that say like every child matters and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, so now on Canada Day, uh, like wearing orange is sort of like, you know, fuck, fuck Canada. I'd like, you know, stick with that. Like, what's it called? indigenous solidarity and there's now a uh, residential school like 
Remembrance Day in September where you're also supposed to wear orange. So uh, that's why mm. I'm like, hey, Canada is coming up. I'm going to wear orange. And if you're a Canadian, you should too. Yeah, that sounds good. So Canada has Canada Day been a fit like officially no. dropped as a holiday? No, no, no. no it's no, it's no. still like, you know, the only place where it's only like a half holiday is in Quebec, um, which gotcha. is just because Quebec is it's sort of like the Scotland of Canada. Like they have their <laughs> they have their own holiday on the 24th called Fesson. Uh, Saint Jean Baptiste, which is the okay. um, Saint, the feast of Saint John the Baptist, but it's like the it's like sort of like the Saint Patrick's Day, but for French Canadians. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, well, so the, the, that 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 so like, and that's like a week before Canada Day. So like, and also yeah. uh, just an extra screw to Canada. Um, Quebec also made it so that, and this is this is like the wildest goddamn thing. So mm-hmm. Quebec on uh, has a like in law in place so that all lease agreements uh, end on July first. Canada Day, which means that on Canada Day, uh, because Uh it's like a week after the real national holiday in Quebec, uh, it means that uh, everybody who is going to move is moving on that day. <laughs> like, um, like it is, it's literally called moving day. And like, there are people who start wow. up moving truck companies just for one day a year. And like, it's just like absolute, like I, I did it once because uh, I lived in an apartment in Quebec when I was, uh-huh. um, when I was living there. Uh, and like, it is absolute pandemonium. Um, <laughs> yeah. Celebrate your, your independence, your liberation from your, <laughs> your lease. Now, do they get started moving uh, earlier on Boxing Day? You should. I don't. I don't actually know what the the backstory behind Boxing Day is, but um, yeah. But yeah, I, I always find it's like funny. So they made it so that like the Canadian national holiday, which is a week after the Quebecois national holiday, they decided to make it so that um, that's the day where everybody has to move, so everybody's busy moving instead of celebrating. <laughs> Now, so I, we've talked a lot about Canada, a lot of ca- Canadian facts. I don't want to put you on blast here, but we did get a tweet from someone uh, a couple weeks ago that said that when we mentioned in a previous episode that uh, lacrosse was the national sport of Canada, somebody said it's actually n- lacrosse and hockey. And oh, then they damn. ended it by saying every Canadian knows this. Shh. Shoot. I, so. I could have sworn, like, I thought that my entire life, this is the thing I've learned. Every fun fact I know apparently is a lie um, because uh, there was also some pushback on the dead elephant um, story from earlier. That is oh, a, that's it, also true. I got, my, I got my dead elephant stories mixed up. Um, if there's, if there, the fact that there are two stories about, famous stories about dead elephants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually, and then the person who corrected me told me the correct story and then found out that their story was also incorrect and that there's a third story there's a third dead elephant story yeah because apparently the real dead elephant story behind the beer uh is not the the one that thomas edison electrocuted to uh to show how nikola tesla was a hack um mm. but was actually jumbo uh, a circus elephant i suppose who okay. had been uh who had been hit by a i'm you know what i'm going to specifically look this up because i We're looking it up i, I hate, also just <laughs> i also I, just looked up to make sure what the sports of canada were I just, and they are hockey and lacrosse I could have sworn that it was like, no, hockey, hockey, like you'd think it is sort of like how you think that Sydney is the capital of Australia. But actually, um, mm. so, OK, yeah. So according to thank you, Scott Walker, for for correcting me on this, that um, that Jumbo, the circus elephant, died of exposure in the cold weather of Canada um, while being transported through the town that the beer is made in now. And that's apparently wrong. And that apparently Jumbo got hit by a train. Uh, oh, my God. And the story said that it, he got hit by a train while trying to rescue a smaller circus elephant and that's the story oh of the dead God. elephant beer and it's like it's really this good is, beer though um, I will the, say it's an extremely hoppy IPA about, <laughs> the whole episode needs to be about Canada facts now yeah this is the Canada facts podcast um yeah, so everybody, this is by the way, it's probably not aliens. You probably could not tell from the last uh, bit that we've been recording. Yeah, but um, we, this is one of our longest intros yet, just because I've said been that so last fascinated. Week yeah, um, but uh, th- it's a podcast where we debunk ancient astronaut, ancient aliens claims, as well as uh, pseudo history and pseudo archaeology and all that kind of stuff. So, as somebody who is a, a you know semi professional debunker, I have to. Um, I'm really, I get really, really upset when I get like a fact wrong, and I'm like. 
like mm-hmm. I, I will now have to go through things because um, being thorough is good, especially about your own country, especially about my own country. I, I, I my sneaking suspicion. I don't think this is true, but this is my 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 conspiracy theory. Um, not researching it at all, that the Canadian official sport being uh, having hockey was something that must have been added since I was a child, and that that sounds mm. like a thing that Stephen Harper would have done. Okay, the, the, the right. conservative prime minister who was uh, prime minister from uh, the the or like the mid 2000s and I think 2006 okay. or something like that until um, until Trudeau basically took office. So interesting um, theory. Are we going to look it up? No time. We have to get into this yes, episode. We have to get today. into the thing. So there's a reason why we talked so much about Canada at the beginning of this podcast, and that is because after 42 episodes, um, the country of one of the hosts of this podcast has finally like we, we've done America several we've times. Done America, but now we're finally coming to my neck of the woods to Canada. And we're also hitting on a topic that Scott, you have told me off mic that um, is one of your uh, interests. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're, did we, I? I think you mentioned that you might've had an interest in this or it's somebody else because my brain apparently just doesn't work anymore. Um, so we're talking about Oak Island. We're talking about Oak Island. And you know, uh, dude, there was a reality show about Oak Island. I thought you might've known about that. I don't know anything about that. Okay, then I'm thinking of somebody else. Never mind. Okay. You may have been confused because I'm Scott Nicewander. I'm the host who knows nothing. That's my name and that's my introduction. I'm here to learn about about all the stuff that you listeners are also going to learn. And maybe I do know about Oak Island and maybe uh, I have memories that have not, the, the synapses haven't fired in many years and they're about to kickstart up again. Ah, and I'm Tristan Johnson. I apparently know... A- a good amount about the subject we cover and then I am wrong on literally all other things. <laughs> um, this is the... This is the only non-related to this podcast fact that I I 100% can can verify to be true because apparently I live in a mirror universe. Uh-huh. Uh, so freaking like, uh, what's it called? I live in- Like a Mandela uh, effect. Yeah, Mandela sort of. effect universe where everything that I thought was a fun fact that I knew about the world just is just wrong. Uh, uh-huh. I, 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 I can't have, I can't, there is no trivia. I cannot trivia. I, I'm, I'm awful. You can't do it. Now, did you think that I knew about Oak Island because I live in Roanoke and the, but not the famous one. I live in a different one that, the uh, than the one that is famous for like having strange happenings. And I, I don't wait. know if they're going to do Roanoke at some point. I know they got to do Roanoke, but I didn't know if the other Roanoke was an island. I can't remember or like had an adjacent island or something. No. The, so I recall having a conversation with I thought you uh, that you had that someone had watched the because Oka because Oka. Island, um, the story that we have here has like an entire um, TV show that was oh. focused around it. And uh, I thought that, that you were the person who had watched it and were interested in it. But um, no. maybe we should actually talk about what what's going on with Oak Island. And it will make your inner 10 year old boy very happy as somebody oh. who uh, I mean, you run a comic book YouTube channel. So I imagine your inner 10 year old boy is very well entertained. So um, very much. Be- well, yeah. So tell, tell me about Oak Island. What is Oak Island? This is a story that will take us to pirate treasure. Oh. And- and adventuring companies and uh, and secrets, secret tunnels and dungeons, secret possibly tunnel. the Ark of the Covenant and all sorts of stuff. So this this is a whole. It's got everything. Yeah. And, and it's got Franklin Delano Roosevelt. FDR's in this one. FDR's in this one. We got an FDR in this one. So we got so, an FDR and an Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Wow. OK. And pirates. OK, yeah. there's a lot going on here. Yeah. So Oak Island, uh, according to uh, Ancient Aliens, is a place where something very weird is happening. There is uh, apparently through the uh, recollections of many people who have gone to the island looking for uh, hidden treasure have found that there there must be a system of advanced underground tunnels that is trying to hide something. And when they try to dig down to find it, these tunnels basically flooded any attempts to dig down and that they use technology that is way in advance of, you know, the 18th century people who they thought made it. So what what could possibly be under Oak Island? What could be under Oak Island? Is it buried treasure? Is Sounds it like an it. Ark of the Covenant? Could Because um, like this was uh, sort of dovetailed into an episode of the show where they were kind of like, is the Ark of the Covenant a nuclear reactor? Did they bury it under Oak Island? Um, is but also, Oak Island radioactive? Yeah. Uh, and also, um, I think they also mentioned that um, there's like a 
sorts of stories about what could be buried under Oak Island. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if I'll I, I, like there's like there's like there's like lost Shakespeare claims. There's uh, the Holy Grail, like literally anything could possibly have been buried there. Uh, and there's all sorts of stories. And so well, so just for clarification, the tunnels are real, right? There are actually tunnels. We'll get into that. OK, <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today, Oak Island. All right. Um, It is an island, a small island off the coast of New Brunswick, which is one of our maritime provinces, um, sort of on the Atlantic coast of Canada. The Maritimes is typically a reference to uh, three provinces, uh, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick, and Prince Edward Island, which is literally a tiny island that is an entire province in and of itself. Well done. So it's, if you were to think of it, I, I don't know if you have like a mental map of North America, but you know how like when you get up and you get to Maine and then if you go past that there's like a whole bunch of stuff that just starts happening yeah that, well that so, part my, so my mental map of North America ends at Maine oh. and there's and there's nothing else beyond that it's it's some people call it the great white north and I just imagine <laughs> it's just pure snow well there's a lot of snow but uh, okay. once you go past Maine you get into the maritime provinces and that's gotcha. where like you know you probably heard maybe heard of the city of Halifax that sounds familiar yeah. That's in Nova Scotia. It was a big part of the British war effort during the American Revolution. Okay. Um, it's, it, but New Brunswick is next to it. New Brunswick is sort of a province that is between Nova Scotia and Quebec. Uh, it has a significant French-speaking population of Acadians, uh, Acadians, which are an interesting ethnic group of French speakers. As a French speaker myself, I had a very hard time understanding them when I was there. But they are sort of cousins because uh, during the seven years Years war, uh, which I think in America is called the French and Indian War. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, during that war, uh, when the British basically took uh, New Brunswick, the Acadians, the French people living there, a lot of them were exiled. Mm. So they were sent away Bye-bye. from New Brunswick, although the ones who remain are still there, obviously. But the ones who were sent away went down, 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 all the way to a little port town by the name of New Orleans, and Acadien became Cajun. Whoa! Yeah, so there's sort of cousins of the Cajun people up there yeah they went uh, very far down very far south that's fun look Mm -hmm. at that we're learning all sorts of fun stuff today already yeah they wanted to kick them out and then but they wanted to put them somewhere where they needed people and where they could get by being french and so they're like hey we just got this new port town of new orleans or no wait no uh they they exiled them because uh new orleans was still a french colony and so they gave it to the uh because because it was the capital of the french territory of Louisiana mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it only got uh, Americanized because then the French sold it to the Americans. Um, gotcha. I was born in Louisiana. Does that make me part French? Ooh, nice. I did not know that. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't, I've lived maybe like a couple months there of my entire life when I was a very tiny infant. A little spicy Scott. A little spicy Scott. A little Cajun Scott. That's me. Uh, that's nice. I, I love Louisiana. It's got a really cool melting pot of a whole lot of really cool cultures. But either way, um, okay. Island is uh, was probably first known. Uh, the first people who have documented and named Oak Island were the indigenous Mi'kmaq people, uh, which is sort of an indigenous nation that uh, they don't exist anymore. They were the indigenous people of Nova Scotia and Newfoundland, uh, and they have since, I think, become different nations. I, I, I should probably uh, check up on that. But um, basically, the area that uh, Oak Island belongs to now was called Segapenag. Uh, Sega Senegenepetig. Segapenegetig. Segapenegetig. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was good. Thank you. So um, that's like the earliest like name we can get for this kind of place. Um, But the earliest European residents date to about the 1750s when this region was a French colony. Um, Mm -hmm. And so French fishermen built a few houses on it. It was very little like, you know, French French uh, Canada before the British arrived was very not invested in <laughs> so <laughs> there weren't a lot of people there mm. um but then after the seven years war when the acadians were exiled um the british uh basically tried to get colonists from new england to uh basically settle up into um into the region because this was back when america was still a uh, british colony so they had just conquered all this region to the north that was owned by the french and they're like hey yeah. massachusetts person would you like to go to new 
Brunswick? How does that sound to you? Um, Come on down. Yeah. Or up. Uh, so during something called the um, the, the Shoreham Grant uh, in 1759, they made land available to settlers uh, and they basically settled on there and they built a town by the name of Chester in the same year, 1759. Okay. Um, the first settlers arrived from Massachusetts in about 1761 uh, and it included a few people. One of the more interesting ones is a guy by the name of Samuel Ball, who was a black loyalist who actually purchased a lot of Oak Island. Oh, cool. And, and he went to get a little bit later because loyalist is a reference to, um, you know, people who took the British side of the American Revolution. Oh, so not cool. Well, that's the thing is that here, uh, because Canada is largely like some of like Canada's like in Canada, we talk about the American Revolution as being foundational for both of our countries because uh-huh. Canada sort of made up uh, the British part of Canada is made up of a lot of people who left the United States after the revolution because they were loyal to Britain. So like we have like loyalist trail and like all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. My inner, I was, I grew up in South Carolina. So my inner like, Hey, not cool. British people don't side with them. Oh, which is odd because the, um, the South were one of the more reluctant parts of the United States to, um, to oppose Britain, which is interesting until somebody decided to go up and down the Mississippi and offer freedom to a bunch of slaves if they would fight the the Amer- the, the Patriots. And all of a sudden they were really into um, Very interested. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a very interesting story in Canada about um, like slaves from the American South who fought for Brit- uh, fought for Britain during the revolution. And then they, after the war, they were brought north and uh, they had like their own, like sort of like black regiment and they sort of set up their own thing. It's a lot of cool story. We're <laughs> dipping into a lot of Canadian history that, um, that has not yeah. Yeah. to do with Oak Island. Um, but yeah, the island was officially surveyed and they divided it into about 32 little four acre lots. And that's like, that's like basically the main thing. But ever since, like even before, um, like since about the mid 1800s, mm-hmm. um, there has been r- reports that Oak Island has treasure and it has been attracting treasure hunters since um, because geez, these legends came up and I'll tell you about the legend in a second. But basically legends started arriving that there's there's hidden treasure on Oak Island and people have been trying to find it ever since. Um, it got so extensive that at one point in 1965, uh, someone built a causeway um, from the island to the mainland in order to bring over heavy digging machinery. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Digging what? Dirt. Well, uh, yeah, but for why? Uh, that what 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 is down there is uh, there's a lot of different answers. Um, mm-hmm. The most recent uh, now currently the island is private, and uh, one of the biggest owners is actually a treasure hunter by the name of Dan Blankenship. And I was enamored when I heard this because I'm like, is treasure hunter a job you can do? Is that a career? <laughs> can, can, I, can I have this job? Treasure hunter sounds like a way better job than content creator. <laughs> That's true. Do you think? I mean, at, at what point do we know when all the treasure's been? Found? found what i found out through this and i'll kind of get to this when we get to in a little bit but surprisingly little like surprisingly few pirates specifically actually buried their treasure there was like one who did as like his signature move and mm. we just based it all on him <laughs> yeah that's the cool that's the cool guy the cool pirate now mm-hmm. everyone takes after that dude so so right now the island is private but it is a tourist destination so people can schedule tours of the island ahead of time if they so desire that's basically the whole story with it now it's a very sleepy island. I think there's only like one house that's permanently like resided in all year round. So, but yeah, let's let's get into the myths that surround this place because let's um, get into the myths because it's not until the 1800s that we have any like verified documented evidence that like, you know, people did this thing and this actually happened. Uh-huh. Um, so everything else before is like word of mouth legends. All right. All right. Hit me with it. I want to hear some of these legends. I'll, I'll write them on which one's the coolest and most believable. Cool. So the oldest legend goes back to the 1700s. Um, mm. where the, a story went around the early settlers of Oak Island that a sailor, a dying sailor who was on the crew of a guy by the name of Captain Kidd and Captain oh. Kidd who died in 1701. Captain Kidd was the one pirate that we know who is verified <laughs> to have buried his treasure. 
Um, and now it's the, I mean, you got to feel bad, right? Like if you're, if you did that as a signature move and like, no one's ever going to find it. And now it's like the one thing we think about with treasure. It's like, oh, it's got to be buried somewhere. It's like, no, I thought about burying treasure. Yeah. Yeah, That's supposed to be a secret. So this report, uh, so yeah, Captain Kidd, otherwise known as William Kidd, um, Scottish sea captain who was basically a privateer for the British. Um, I don't know if you know what a privateer is, but basically it is a semi-legitimate pirate they like say mm. the uh, pi- privateers like something like the British would hire uh, crews of ships to go up and down the sort of main tradeways. And if they saw a Spanish ship, for example, their orders were to like attack them. So like don't attack British ships, attack the Spanish ships. Oh. Uh, and so they were sort of like, if you like just focus on the Spanish, we will like charter you to go up and down these waters and hunt for, you know, stealing from Span- Spaniards. Um, so a privateer is like a, a fancy name for, for, for a pirate. Um, gotcha. That was sort of trying to fill out these sort of geopolitical aims. Anyway, According to the legend that there are two million British pounds uh, worth of treasure buried on the island. You can imagine in 1701 uh, dollars or pounds that that's that's a fuckload of treasure. Yeah. Do I got to get the inflation calculator? I don't even know if the inflation calculator goes far that that far back. I think it does. (laughs) That's like this is like pre decimalization British money. Like, man. Anyways, um, the so that's the that's the legend, right? The the origin story is that there's stories went around that one of Captain Kidd's men uh, buried some treasure on Oak Island, which All led right. a young man by the name of Daniel McGinnis to uh, look around for it in 1799. And when he was like, uh, try, well, actually, David McGinnis was trying to find a fa- was trying to build a farm on the island, but. Mm he came across a suspicious looking divot and decided I'm going to dig a hole. Um, So McGinnis had heard about the legend and started getting help of two other men to start digging. Uh, They're only, they're identified as John Smith and Anthony Vaughn because apparently half the people were named John Smith back then. Yeah. They're all, it's all just the one John Smith. It's like a, (laughs) it's like Forrest Gump, just like always going through history uh, at the exact specific time. Something interesting is happening. Exactly. I'm glad that you you understand these things you understand history and science um, yeah, yeah, yeah there's only there's only like a hand i mean look i wasn't you know i wasn't alive before i was born i've heard that i think we can all relate to that but i think uh there can't be too many people right like like 60 60 tops before i was born so yeah. this is 1700s there was probably like a dozen people at most a, at, yeah so when they were digging around on the island uh apparently about 60 centimeters below this divot they found a layer of flagstones, which implies, oh, something funky's going on. Uh, and then below that, every 10 feet they dug down, which is or three meters uh, for me, I did it the other way around. Wow. For, um, <laughs> Weird to do for a Canada-specific episode. Yeah, so every three meters or 10 feet American, um, mm-hmm. they would find layers of oak platforms, like wood, mm-hmm. which is like, that's not supposed to be underground. What's going on here? Um, and they thought that that, say that it's some sort of like mark because there's like one of these like every 10 meters or so. And they're like, ooh, this is suspicious. Uh, but apparently after about 30 feet, they uh, or 9.1 meters, mm-hmm. um, they encountered a, a, a real spooky feeling and they abandoned the, uh, the, the, the attempt oh, right away. They just had some some bad vibes. Mm-hmm. So with the vibes being way off, they decided to abandon the endeavor. But somebody else would pick it up. In 1802, a group called the Onslow Company uh, apparently sailed from Nova Scotia to Oak Island and decided to find this hidden treasure they had heard about. Yeah. Uh, so they kept digging down. And after about 27 meters or 90 feet, they found a layer of logs as well. And they also discovered layers of charcoal, putty. And then they found something very strange. They found coconut fibers huh which you know i don't know if you know much about canadian uh flora but not a lot of coconuts no it's all snow as i said earlier yeah. there's no and they flora. found no snow buried underneath there which there's is very no strange snow under there that's the weirdest part to me <laughs> oh goodness no um, canadian coconuts is what you're saying yeah the closest place you can get a coconut um in the 18th century was bermuda which is about 835 miles south of oak island now what's the odds that like a bird could carry that coconut 
not that far. Well, it depends upon how he grips it, really. Mm-hmm. And whether it's African or European. And this is North America, so we have no idea which one it would be. Yeah. Jerry's um, still out. Yeah. But when they got about 18 meters or 60 feet down, the place flooded with water. And they don't know why. Because of the melted snow. Yeah. So they, I guess they came to the, the idea that this was some sort of booby trap. Oh. And so uh, they tried to dig down another way. And they hit another booby trap. So they abandoned the effort. Is it? And I don't want to like jump ahead in your notes if this is something you're going to cover. Is it? Is it? Is they're on an island? Is it possible they just like started digging below sea level and then that's where the water came from? You might not be wrong on that front. Okay. All uh, right. Uh, another legend comes from uh, that allegedly in 1849, a group called the Truro Company came together with some investors and they decided to re-excavate, um, but then it ended up flooding again. Oh no! Where's all this water coming from but on the- this island? <laughs> But they had a plan. They decided they were going to actually bore some side holes to make something called a pod auger. Mm. Uh, and they would or they would use a pod auger to sort of drill down and go into it. But then they found a spruce platform about 30 meters down, 98 feet. And they also found layers of oak that they des- and they also and also something that they described as pieces of metal huh. and clay. And that uh, th- that the platform was hit twice each time metal was brought to the surface, along with various other items such as wood and more coconut fiber, <gasps> more coconuts. What yeah. is happening with the coconuts? So these are the legends. Uh, none of these have ever been verified. They're all just sort of stories about attempt to find this treasure that there's okay. there's weird stuff weird that stuff there's uh, there's booby traps and Coconuts. holes and wood and rocks. And it's like, OK, this is very, very strange. Um, but that has since caused a centuries long treasure hunt to find the buried treasure on Oak Island, which is sometimes referred to as the um, the Oak Island money pit. So you might have heard that that reference. But um, so far, the effort to find this lost treasure has cost millions of dollars and is also uh, has also through various accidents killed about six people. Oh, no. Because of the booby traps or just accidents or just accidents. (laughs) Yeah. One of the first like verified expedition comes from 1896, where an unknown group arrived on the island and actually brought along. Uh, they decided they were going to win with uh, with science oh. and industry. So they so they brought along steam pumps and boring equipment. They were ready to do this hardcore. Um, but the, apparently the pumps were uh, not able to keep the water out of the shaft. Mm. But they were able to make some samples. And that one of the samples contained a piece of sheepskin parchment oh. in which they found the letters VI or WI written in India ink. So they're on to so something. This is verified, you're saying. Very fact. Wow. We'll get into the, to how fact in the, in a bit. But um, and and then, yeah, in 1898, uh, in order to sort of figure out what was going on, uh, they poured a bunch of red paint into a flooded pit. OK. And what the and they try to measure like where the paint came out. And they discovered that there were three exit holes around the island showing that there's like an underground tunnel system going on on Oak Island. Oh. And they mentioned this on Ancient Aliens as well. Yeah, of course they do. It sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just even just the imagery of of red paint leaking out of this island is very uh, spooky and ominous and interesting. Mm-hmm. This feels yes. like a Scooby Doo episode, does it not? I, okay, so I, here's the thing, Tristan. I've been trying so hard not to mention <laughs> Scooby Doo this whole time, but this has given me some Scooby Doo vibes yeah. because the mystery it's of Oak v- Island would feel the treasure of Oak Island. That feels like a Scooby Doo episode. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's a lot hitting on like even just Zombie Island right there's a lot hitting on it right so there's pirates at zombie island who went there and buried treasure um and there's like legends about that uh it's in the zombie island is like in the sort of new orleans sort of area which is like i know not where we are right now because we're in canada in this story that we're telling about oak island but like we had that connection earlier about new orleans so like i don't know there's stuff there's stuff and i'm like trying to connect the dots in my head and like can i make a video about this was yeah, zombie you could think island there's a story inspired? about a ghost hunt a 
ghost of a pirate haunting the island that turns out to be a guy who's trying to commit insurance fraud or something like that. Yeah, uh, well, so, so, but with zombie, are you familiar with zombie island? Zombie story? island, I remember saying, because I actually watched this recently uh, or listened to an episode of our, one of the episodes of this show recently. Zombie island is the one Scooby-Doo movie that I have seen. Uh, and it is the one where, uh, spoiler alert, they go in thinking, oh, this is like a mystery. We have to figure out what's going on with the zombies. But at the end, the conclusion is, oh my God, these are real zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there are there are zombies, ghosts, demons. There's all sorts of stuff. And I was like, this really undermines the the central message of the show, right? Uh, at least as far as I was concerned. Uh, I made a whole video about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know uh, you uh, have more Scooby opinions. I recently watched a video of your Scooby opinions. Yes, <laughs> I got yelled at on that one. <laughs> I should also mention this is a, a bit. This is a different video you made because I was kind of getting caught up. I watched your Thought Bubble episode recently. Yeah. Uh, and my son was a very big fan of whatever you were doing and he was smiling and laughing at the video so oh that's all that's my new target audience is not <laughs> is not even one year old babies <laughs> yeah bright shining colors moving around the screen i like that um, all right this is like i'm it. i'm done talking about scooby-doo but yeah. thank you for giving me the opportunity because i the whole time i've been sitting here like can i make a video about this you i totally don't think can. i can but well we'll see you did a podcast you could do a sequel anyways uh another expedition had uh was done by a guy by the name of captain henry bodoin who um who went on behalf of a group called the old gold salvage group and one of the members of the old gold salvage group was franklin delano roosevelt oh because this is a bunch of rich people who fancied themselves as like treasure hunters yeah and by this that i mean they paid a guy to go find treasure for them <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's really all it is, is I just want to have the title Treasure Hunter, but uh, I'm just, I'm like the money behind. It's like if, if, if Indiana Jones, I know he's not a technically a treasure hunter by trade, um, but that's effectively He's certainly not he an archaeologist. Is. He's certainly not an archaeologist. Uh, yeah, it would be like if, if the new Indiana Jones movie was, was him just like, let's go find this treasure. And then he just like uh, got out his wallet and... Uh, opened up a, a, a tab on Fiverr and was like, all right, go find this. <laughs> we'll find treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's, so, so that, that's interesting. Uh, another expedition that happened in uh, January of 1967 involved Daniel C. Blankenship, a guy named T- David Tobias and a guy named Robert Dunfield and a guy named Fred Nolan. Uh, they made a syndicate that was dedicated to the exploration of Oak Island. Uh, when they were there, they had some more advanced technology. So they did some stuff where they dropped cameras into the shaft uh, to look for like chests or human remains or or you know signs that there was artificial stuff there and they came back with the ultimate thing in all parapsychology which was a bunch of blurry images <gasps> It could be anything. And then after they came back with those blurry images, the shaft they dug collapsed. And so they can't get any more. Um, uh, well, and they had to abandon the the dig. Well, I now if I know anything about blurry images, this is going to cause a lot of speculation, isn't it? <laughs> We shall see. Um, and also, the island became the subject of an episode of In Search Of, uh, a 1979 episode, which was sort of a show about paranormal phenomenon and stuff like that. Like they did like In Search of Bigfoot and stuff like that. So mm. we're in that we're in that zone. Then, um, and I, I shit you not, uh, in 2006, two brothers by the name of Rick and Marty. <laughs> okay. Um, Marty, we gotta, we gotta go get the Oak Treasure Island. <laughs> guys, guys, come on, oh, Marty. Oh, jeez, Rick. Oh, boy. I, I, I don't know about this island, man. I don't know. It's scary. There's red paint coming out of it, Rick. That was really good. That was a good Marty. Um, <laughs> the two of them, apparently, uh, from Michigan, purchased 50% of Oak Island. Uh-huh. Um, specifically, a company, the, they, they bought uh, from David Tobias, who was one of the guys from the previous expedition, uh, they bought uh, 50% of a company called Oak Island Tours because when they couldn't find treasure, they decided to sell tourism to look for the treasure. Um, and the uh, these two brothers called the, uh, who are the Lagina brothers, uh, basically have been, you know, they, they have bought into the Oak Island tourism business, including opening up uh, the exploration. They did their own exploration that was documented in a reality show that was on the History Channel in 2014. Mm. So that was, so that's like, that's like basically the entire 
entire documented history of people trying to find this money on Oak Island. Can I, I don't mean to go back down, down this, this tunnel, shall we say, but did you, did you say that they sold, like they were, they were doing tours and sort of had tourists in a way searching for the treasure, like almost on their behalf? I, I don't think maybe like people just, they, they, they profited off of people who wanted to take tours of Oak Island to see all of the history of the, uh, of the treasure diggers and stuff like that. I can't verify that people were actually trying to dig it themselves because um, that's extremely dangerous to dig as deep as they were going. You need like equipment and stuff. So I was going to say, because that would be another Scooby-Doo reference uh, in in Monsters Unleashed, the best live action movie. Um, There's like a a, a incredibly tiny plot point where there's like an old abandoned mining facility and one of the villains is uh, being like, we're going to turn it into a camp for kids. So they get something to do over summer break and we get free miners. I'm tired of this, Grandpa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's too damn bad. It's another movie. Is Treasure also the point of holes? I've never read the book or seen the movie. Okay, It is. It is about kissing Kate Barlow's treasure. Yeah, that's what they're digging for. Excellent. So so that's that's the official history of everything that has actually happened on Oak Island and all the legends. So the big question is, what the hell is going on, right? Yeah. What's down there? What's What's in those tunnels? What's in that island? And how can I get it? How can I Mm -hmm. get my grubby hands on it, Tristan? Tell me. Well, we're going to find out in just a second. All right, I'm back. I've got a pickaxe. I've got some boots. Your I don't know what you, I don't know what you actually wear to mine to like do mining. Um, a helmet. A helmet. Okay, I got. I definitely have one of those. Got, I got a diamond pick, pickaxes. I got my diamond pickaxe. I got a helmet. I've got a couple th- blocks of meat. I don't. Yeah, know, you have I'm to not, like don't dig directly down. Don't um, dig down. You might hit lava. Yeah, we're that's so we're, no good. Got to avoid the lava. Um, and also all of the subterranean zombies and creepers. Um, I'm, how long I'm can ready. we like, drag this joke? <laughs> I'm I'm ready to see what's down there. I'm ready to see what's in this island. I want to mm-hmm. dig a hole into this into this island. So let's first start with um, what people have suspected is down there, because um, there are several thoughts about what could be down there. Um, the first being treasure. Treasure is the more uh, all of its treasure, but like what kind of treasure? Yeah. Um, the first one, and this sort of goes into the legends and the theories of the past that it was a it was treasure held by the pirate Captain Kidd that was buried there because apparently a kid and a guy by the name of Henry Avery took treasure together and Oak Island was sort of their bank. Oh, there's also another theory that there's buried treasure by uh, buried treasure from a wonderful uh, historical human being by the name of Edward Teach, who you might uh, more recognize by his uh, nom du guerre of Blackbeard, the pirate. Ah. Um, I am aware of this name. Real person. Uh, But apparently um, Blackbeard buried this treasure where, quote, none but Satan and myself can find it. And that's on Oak Island. Apparently. Oak Island is a place where only Blackbeard and Satan can go. Um, Then there's also been theories that all sorts of different people have buried their golden treasure up there from the Knights Templars to the Masons Uh to the Incas, the British, the Spanish and even the French. So yeah. all of those have buried their treasure on Oak Island as well. Everyone did it. Everyone, everyone was like, oh, here's an island uh, that's we can just dump all of our money onto. And no one knew that everyone else was doing it. It just mm-hmm. everyone was doing it. It was like the cool hip thing to do. Yeah. Um, so another another cool uh, suspected treasure down there actually is a little story from uh, La Histoire Française. Ooh. Italy. So it might have a uh, it might have the 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 jewels and jewelry of former queen Marie Antoinette. Okay. Mm. Okay. So for those who don't know, Marie Antoinette, uh, famously the queen who was beheaded when the French uh, dealt with their monarchy problem in the late 1700s. Famously liked cake and wanted people to have it. Mm-hmm. And when um, when people, when, monar- when monarchies seem to fall, there's always rumors that either some of them survived or that there are, their treasure is hidden somewhere. You saw mm-hmm. this happen when the Romanov dynasty was yes. summarily executed 
executed. That in, came to uh, mind. Yeah. Um, but because there was like, you know, there was a whole Disney movie about uh, yep. Anastasia <laughs> Romanov, which uh, which lasts for a long time because her body wasn't found until 2009, I want to say, when they found the the graves of the last two Romanovs that had yeah. um, that had, uh, disappeared. So, yeah, all the Romanov you know, Soviets were thorough. Um, anyways, com- uh, Marie Antoinette, there were um, theories about what happened with her jewels specifically, uh, because a lot of them, uh, most of them went missing. There's only a few specimens of them that remain because, you know, the palace was stormed by the by the people. Uh-huh. You can imagine that all of her gold and gems and stuff like that mysteriously disappeared. Not so <laughs> mysterious after all. So apparently in 1789, uh, revolutionaries incited a mob of Parisian working women who marched on the um, the seat, the home of the royal family, which was the Palace de Versailles. Um, the Versailles Palace is a very big, very fancy castle in or palace in um, in France. Yeah. And um, according to a story, uh, Marie Antoinette basically like like Princess Leia getting the Death Star plans out of the ship at the last second uh, instructed one of her maids uh, or a lady in waiting to flee with her jewels. Take these somewhere where they can be safe. Take them. Take them. You're my only hope. Uh, apparently that maid uh, fled to London and possibly and so she with her jewels, possibly sometimes it's also uh, like important documents or artwork or other things. And she then fled from London to Nova Scotia. And there she buried the last remaining treasure of Marie Antoinette. Is there is there a reason why you bury it? So that um, you can come back for it later, I guess. I guess so. Yeah. I would just hold on to it. It if it were me they didn't have banks back then so if you think about okay. it where do you put your money right yeah in bitcoin but they didn't even invent bitcoins back they then didn't so have what bitcoin do you do when you don't have bitcoins to put money in simpletons yeah um, the other one is very funny because it hits into another historical conspiracy theory that I think is very interesting. Have you ever heard about the Francis Bacon, William Shakespeare thing? I know those names, but I do not know how they connect together. So there's this theory that, um, that William Shakespeare didn't write any of his plays. Okay. And that, I've heard that his plays were actually written by a guy named Sir Francis Bacon, who couldn't like, he was writing about stuff that was too, you know, wild and raunchy for the upper crust of society. So he like basically like publish them through Shakespeare. Um, and it's, and it's done through like, you know, all sorts of like literary analysis and stuff like that. It's a, it's a established conspiracy theory that we are not here to talk about, but in a book in 1953 called the Oak Island Enigma, a history and inquiry into the origin of the money pit, uh, by a guy named Penn Leary. He wrote that the pit was actually used to hide, uh, incriminating manuscripts that basically showed that, uh, Francis Bacon was the author of Shakespeare's work and was also the leader of a group called the Rosicrucians. Okay. What are those people? So the Rosicrucians, let me just get this one up, is basically uh, they're like they're like a religious cultural movement, like sort of like an esoteric religious uh, movement that uh, rose up in the uh, 17th century in, uh, in Europe. Notably, 17th century or 1600s, a little bit late for Shakespeare. Um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So I'm pretty sure Shakespeare died in the 1500s. Hundreds. Uh, don't quote me on that. You know what? Oh. No, I can't know any fun facts. So let's find out. But I'm pretty sure that Shakespeare died in the 1500s. Uh, yes, he died. Oh no, he died in 1616. So okay, we're there right. We go. Okay, never mind. So he could. So Rosicrucianism. Um, this is why. Just Google everything, especially the things you think you know. Uh huh. So so they're, they're they're as you can imagine, any sort of like esoteric spiritual religious movement from the past gets tagged on. Like we're trying to talk about the Illuminati. Like becomes tacked on as like oh they're like this big order that has all sorts of secrets and power and all sorts of stuff. So they're a lightning rod for a certain flavor of conspiracy something. theory. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a question about that though. I mean, I don't know if you have more to say about the Bacon Shakespeare thing. Nope. Um, but like if they're incriminating manuscripts, wouldn't you just burn them? You'd think, huh? Why bury them? I don't understand that part of it. Blackmail material. I guess so. Um, and another book by Mark Finnan by the name of Oak Island Secrets um, claims that uh, if you saw in the shaft in the pit, there is some stonework that seems to indicate that it was 
was Masonic in origin because who could manipulate stone but Masons? And you know oh. who else are Masons? The Freemasons. The Freemasons. And that the Freemasons uh, basically use the site as a place where they would do their rituation or initiation rite. And that there's a hidden vault somewhere on there with, with the, the Masons' sacred treasure. This is turning into a national treasure sort of like thing where everything's connected to everything. Yeah, pretty much. Only it's not, it's a different net. It's a different nation. It's mm-hmm. not the, if there are two national treasure movies, then that means they got to go to a different country at this point. Yeah. They have to go get every different country's national treasure. Yeah. America already had two of them. Stop. We're done. Nicholas mm-hmm. Cage, go to a different country for oh, treasure. I, for treasure it'd hunting. be hard to export him. I feel like there's not a lot of countries that want him at this point. I want him. Um, you can stay here. You're my national treasure. Aw. Yeah, the national treasure was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. Um, the other, so that, that, those are, and also, of course, there's the ancient aliens claims there's just that the, the Ark of the Covenant's down there. Some people have said that the Holy Grail is down there. Of course. So, you know, it, this, it spans the gamut. Anything that is a treasure that people think is real, uh, they're like, okay, it's gotta be down there. It's down there. It's all down there. So you can see there's sort of like a mad, li- a conspiracy mad lib of like where they have their list of treasures and then they can just say and, and then places where they think yes. that things are hidden and then they just like attach one to the other and see what happens. Yeah. It's like a roll anything table type could, situation. Anything could be down there. The Loch Ness monster's there. You think it's in Loch Ness. It's not. It That's traveled. why they can't find him. It traveled. The monster, mm-hmm. the monster swam, swam all the way to Canada. Mm-hmm. Nova Scotia has famously a lot of Scottish people. That's why it's got its name. So there you go. Scott, um, Nova Scott, Scott, Nova Scott? Scotland. Oh, Scott, Scott Nicewander. That's me. I'm Maybe. down there. I'm in the <laughs> island. I'm coming to you live from the, from the. Tristan, uh, can oh, you hear oh. me? It's filling up with water. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, so water is the next, is a topic. So like, what's going on with the water? Is this like some sort of weird booby trap? What's happening? Um, so I've told you about the different accounts, like in 1862, the Onslow company, uh, found that the pit filled up with seawater when they tried to excavate it and they couldn't get it to, to leave. Right. Uh, people have claimed that there are elaborate drainage systems that extend to the oceans. Um, and other treasure hunters have claimed they found coconut fibers beneath the surface of the beach. Yeah. Um, which led to a theory that the beach had been converted into a siphon feeding seawater into the pit through a man-made tunnel. Um, And that uh, apparently at one point, a sample that was claimed to have come from the island was sent to the Smithsonian in the 20th century, where the Smithsonian did indeed confirm that that was coconut fiber that was sent to them. Official Uh, coconuts. mm -hmm. And there was only one expedition that has actually claimed to have found a flood tunnel lined with flat stones. Uh, But uh, apparently some, some photos Photographs of that, or some photo, some people who have like you know re-excavated that pit later, uh, with who have degrees in like geology, for example, right? Um, a geologist by the name of Robert Dun, uh, Robert Dunfield, actually looked at these 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 tunnels and was a, was not able to locate any evidence that it was man-made. Oh, so they're just sort of natural tunnels. Mm-hmm. Okay, you could still hide treasure in a tr- in a tunnel you found. That is true. Um, as for the dye test as well. Um, there was, uh, in 1995, uh, a recreation of this that was done on the invitation of a guy by the name of David Muger, who is a, b- a Boston-based businessman who basically invited some people over from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. And they ran a dye test using a borehole uh, and found that the flooding that happened in these tunnels is caused by a natural interaction between the freshwater lens and the tidal pressures in the underlying geography. So uh, it's just, yeah, the water table is just mixing with each other and causing pressure and that's why uh, the water if you pour it into the hole it goes out to the ocean because that's how rocks and water work <laughs> and it just does that yep. is, that's the earth mm-hmm. uh, and I told you about those uh, 19, uh, 1971 there were some videos that were all blurry and murky they sent those to some scientists who basically rendered them inconclusive um, which and, could mean anything yeah and also there's the logistics action which is that if you were to dig this elaborate set of tunnels in the 18th century, it would be difficult because you would need um, basically months of divers w- 
working uh, to date to excavate all of that stuff because okay. digging is a slow and expensive process. Digging's hard. Yeah. Especially if you don't have like power tools or industrial technology. You can imagine that like, you know, doing any sort of underwater uh, work when you haven't invented scuba suits yet is pretty hard. That is a tricky one. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give it to I'll give it to the scientists on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is there is this claim that there's a mystery marker. Now, this is quite fun. So uh, in one of the expeditions, 90 feet down, they found a stone that's said to have, quote, mysterious markings. It was first reported in 1862 in the Halifax Sun. And then they mentioned that on uh, June 2nd in a letter uh, by J.B. McCulley uh, basically said the story what they found. They found a cipher. And when they translated it, they found that it said 40 feet below two million pounds lie buried. Oh, that's good. That's this is what we need. This is yeah. what we need to, to sort of to to reenervate the search for this treasure. Mm-hmm. So an innervate is a word. Yeah. Innervate is the opposite of enervate. It means to fill with life. Um, anyways, sorry. This is, I, I got somebody tried to pedant me on Twitter and I'm like, I'm I'll double pedant you because which one like, did I say? Did I say the right one or the wrong you said that, one? So, so I was like, I said innervate in an episode a couple uh, a couple weeks ago and someone was like, uh, you don't know what enervate means. And I'm like, no, I do know what enervate means. I was saying innervate with an I. Oh, I think um, I said enervate. So I got this one wrong. Okay. Enervate is basically like to be like draining you of life. Type we thing. don't want that. We want to be inner innervating. Yeah. And um, innovating. We want all these things. Find yeah. this Enervation. Yes. So apparently this, um, these markings were done with a simple substitution cipher, which, um, which is also a Freemasonry thing. Um, and they did, apparently it's written 40 feet below 2 million pounds lie buried in completely plain English, not old English or middle English or any of those things just in like modern day as of the 19th century English. It was actually, they found it, uh, It was like typed out on a typewriter. That was the weirdest part. They didn't know how they did that. <laughs> um, they also, like I said, they use a substitution cipher, which is like the most basic of like uh, encryptions that you could do. Right. Where it's just like A is actually F. And yeah, then basically. the rest of the alphabet follows suit. Yeah. The Caesarian cipher is the one I think you're talking about where it's like a few off, but you just like swap out some letters and basically, yeah, it's a substitution cipher. Gotcha. But yeah, very simple. Like, like it's a kid's, it's a, it's literally like a kid's puzzle. It's a children's game. Um, and the weird thing about this stone that makes it very hard to study is that there it, we don't know where it is <laughs> and that there's no photos oh. of it and there's no documentation of any place where it might have actually been. Mm. Um, and also that the Onslow company, which is the one that published or, or said that they found it, it seems that it showed up around the time that they were running out of money when the fl- when the pit flooded uh, and that uh, most people who have like studied it have concluded that the Onslow company probably made up this stone tablet in order to get ah, more investors so that they could continue their digging. I see. I see. They needed something to to pull people in, to hook people in again. Mm-hmm. They needed something to innervate the crowd, their investors. <laughs> yeah, they needed to innervate. They were innervating and they needed to be innervating. That's so right. They, they got it to all get mixed money. up. Yeah. Um, so the quote that I found was um, that the artifacts are not properly documented archaeologically and most would appear to derive from historical activity on the island or from subsequent excavation or hoaxing by workmen. Okay. All right. Look, this is all good fun and we've 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 you know, we've hit a con- on, a, on a couple things that may or may not disprove things, but th- how how in the world are you going to explain those coconuts? Ooh, that's actually a really interesting one. Okay. So there is accounts that there are coconut fibers found in big quantities uh, buried on the island. And in 1970, the National Research Council of Canada did actually identify that these samples that are allegedly from the island are coconut fibers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The thing, though, is that the timeline doesn't uh, match up because, um, and I'm not, I'm actually not doubting that the coconut fibers were found on Oak Island. The weird thing is that if you uh, they did radiocarbon dating, which we talked about last week, luckily enough, um, they did radiocarbon dating on the coconut and found that it was probably from the year 1200. Now, the year 1200 is about 300 years before the first Europeans ever arrived in the, mm. in, in the region. 
region. And yeah, it pre, I mean, the year 1200 predates humanity, as we sort of said earlier. Yes. Um, the earliest European settlement in the entire continent was uh, Leif Erikson and a group of Vikings who arrived from uh, from uh, Iceland or Greenland or something like that. One of they the lands. Yeah, yeah, they arrived in, I think, the 10th century or the 9th century. Uh, and they arrived in Newfoundland, which is about 600 miles from Oak Island. Could a coconut have drifted in that time period? Well, well, Vikings notably don't have a lot of coconuts. They don't have coconuts. Um, they yeah. don't like them. They think they're yucky. If you think it's too cold to grow coconuts in Canada, wait till you see Norway. <laughs> Vikings just at, Vikings just don't like coconuts. They're all they allergic. Just hate all, it. Vi- all Vikings are allergic to coconuts. Like, this mountain bar is shit. <laughs> they wouldn't touch the stuff. Which is again, I get, like, coconut is a polarizing flavor. I understand. Um, I like it. I like it too. You put the lime in the coconut. It's good. Yeah. Um. So basically, what's going on with the pits? What what is going on? What is all of this stuff. Um, the conclusion that it seems that the experts seem to come to is that it was um, a sinkhole <laughs> um, because um, the passages and caverns, the thing is that the island is made up of limestone. Limestone famously very susceptible to water. Yeah, um, not not super stable in water. If you know your Pokemon, uh, water and stone is a strong, strong effect. Yeah. Um, and so the booby traps are pr- so, the, so the, there's like the whole booby trap thing. Turns out you dig any Anywhere on the island, you're going to have the exact same thing happen. <laughs> That's because they booby trapped the whole island. They were thorough. Yeah. It's because the island is basically completely filled with caves and uh, like caverns and stuff like that that are filled with water. Yeah, it's just been deteriorating for presumably thousands of years. Yeah, but the thing is, how does that explain some of the things? How does that explain the coconut fibers and the wood? Yeah. You remember the wood they found? The wood they found. What was up with that? So this is what happens is that these sinkholes open up uh-huh. and they exist for centuries yeah and in those centuries trees fall in okay uh dirt gets packed on sure and even things like a log floating in on ocean currents or say coconuts a coconut? could, uh, could have uh, floated in from from ocean currents and all of that kind of debris would f- start to fill up the hole and all of a sudden you've got a hole that's got buried wood and coconut fibers and stuff like that i will say i guess i don't know why the coconut thing is like that big of a it's definitely interesting how does i don't know how that proves that there's treasure there i i guess just the fact that pirates sail to coconut islands my guess is that they're thinking is that it's something that is not supposed to be here so it means that humans have been doing something in this place and that can mean that they're trying to do something um, the other thing, too, is that in the region in 1949, uh, another pit was found that had a very similar uh, like attributes to the money pit uh, in a place called Mahone Bay. OK, basically, they dug down and about two feet down, they found a layer of fieldstone. Uh, then logs and oak were found in irregular intervals. Some of the wood was charred and that they thought they had found another money pit. But it turns out that just because the entire region is on something called a glacial tumulus system, which is basically pockmarked with water-filled cavities. Um, oh. And so that's why the pit keeps flooding and that's why these things keep happening. These sinkholes keep opening up in the region. It's just because it's all, it's just, it's it's riddled with the stuff. Yeah. These holes. Like for example, in 1878, a farmer who was plowing on Oak Island uh, actually had one of her oxen break through a hole in the ground and opened up a 12-foot sinkhole. Oh, no. That opened up into a natural like limestone cavern. Whoa. But basically, yeah, they concluded that it was a natural sinkhole. Um, and again, the older you go, the uh, the older the story is, the less specific and more impressive the details seem to be, which is always a sign that something funky is going on when, you know, all of the stories of excavating a place or all the stories about a place, the older you go, the less specific it gets, but the more uh, grand it gets or impressive it gets, probably have, uh, you got yourself a, a legend rather than a, than a fact. Yeah. So the, basically, if you have any form of, if you, you know, if you're skeptical and you look, uh, if you you look past the sort of sensationalist ways of looking at it, like ancient aliens, you realize that a lot of the the, the mystery and intrigue actually is not that fascinating. They, they spent millions of dollars and six lives to dig a natural sinkhole that had filled up with crap. <laughs> 
Now, Tristan, I, I this is all really interesting, and I, I do have to ask you a question, and you legally do have to answer it um, because I'm asking it, and that's the law. Everyone knows when you get asked a question, you have to answer it's it truthfully. podcast law. Yeah. yeah. So, you Can know, I take we, a dare if I don't want to answer it? <laughs> yeah, it's truth or dare, but I'm picking for you, and you get truth. Okay. So, so we've spent the last hour or so really, shall we say, poking holes in this theory <laughs> of, uh, you know, of Oak Island having some buried treasure. And maybe that would deter some people from some treasure hunters, let's say, from going out there and, and uh, you know, digging it up some more. So uh, was this your way of procuring the perfect spot to bury your treasure? Ooh, because, yeah, if, if I debunk it and then bury my treasure on Oak Island, mm-hmm. then... If you, if, if you debunk it and everyone's going to go, oh, wow, I listened to this podcast episode and it says that there's not treasure there. So I guess we just got to give it up. And then you sneak in in the middle of the night and you bury your treasure there. Bury all of my Bitcoins uh, because those are only going to go up in value. It's all going to be there. All the Bitcoins. My golden Bitcoins. Oak Island is just filled to the brim with Bitcoin. (laughs) Did you, I I think I heard the, the, the funniest Bitcoin thing, which is that there's a company now that is making Bitcoin bills. And I'm like, this is like oh. the exact opposite of everything Bitcoin was designed to do. That's <laughs> not they, what you they just went fully around. They're like, no central banks. They're like, okay, except for this central bank. Like, we don't need a private bank with the Federal Reserve printing our money for us. And it's like, okay, but what if a private bank was sort uh-huh. of a reserve yeah. that printed money to represent the Bitcoins that you have with them? Well, <laughs> like, and, and that's the thing, right? It's like, I have all this Bitcoin. Like, obviously I do. I'm clearly the person that would have so much Bitcoin. Uh, and I have so much of it, Tristan, but I like, I can't show it off. Like I, I can't make it rain. Make so it rain I need, I need like a physical thing to, to, to flex on people with. I need, I need like a physical Bitcoin, um, like a, like a legal tender sort of paper or, or, me, or like metal chunks of things. Either one of those will work. Paper probably best though for making it rain. So have you ever heard of this new uh, technology that Silicon Valley is thinking of, which is called money? Um, so oh. what happens, it's like Bitcoin, except that it's insured by the government. Okay. Uh, and that the government ensures that it is actually like worth what it says it's worth. And That's that, interesting. And the weird thing is that adoption is already really high. You can basically oh, wow. use it to buy anything almost anywhere. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's pretty good. I might get mm-hmm. on that. Thanks for the thanks for the hot yeah. tip. The hot new cryptocurrency coin. Coin. <laughs> Um, but that is the, we, we have, we have podcasted with this. This is how, you know, we've podcasted for far too long. Um, well, thank you for listening to whatever the hell this ends up becoming. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, speaking of internet related things, uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at probs, not aliens, go check it out. Tell us all the things about Canada that, you know, or think, you know, or things that we got wrong about Canada. Tell Tristan, he's not a real Canadian. Uh, but if you are wearing this or wearing this, if you are watching this, if you can on, wear a podcast, uh, I need to know how you're doing that. <laughs> if you are, if you are uh, listening to this on Canada day, then wear orange. Yeah. 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 Wear orange. And, and if they want to learn more about that, you've you made g- a video about it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can go to step back. I made a video about a year from now that I think is, it's called something like Canada's dark secret or something like that. That's about, um, yeah, the sordid history of my country and the horrible things that we did to indigenous children. Um, if that, if the, if you if you heard that and you're like, man, I'd like to watch that while it's I'm good. eating breakfast, then it's a good video. It is. I'm proud of it. I just, I'm like. It's grim. Yeah, I mean, like, that's like, I, I, I my brand is grim. Anyways, go to Step Back. It's very, very sad. But if you want to be happy, uh? you should check out another YouTube channel by my co-host here, uh, Scott. What do you got? What do you got going on? What's, yeah. what's your thing? What's my thing? My thing is I have a YouTube channel called NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C, where I make video essays and sometimes maybe commentary videos. I'm sort of like dipping my toe into that space about all sorts of different nerdy things, uh, comics, superheroes, cartoons. I'm doing a video right now about memes that I think is very fun about internet memes. So you do the step back shot and the NerdSync chaser. That's right. That's right. I will say the video I have about memes might 
might be the weirdest, strangest ending to a video that I've done. Ooh. Um, and I don't mean that in like in like wacky, weird, like you know, lol, random sort of a thing. You know, like early early two thousands humor. I just mean that like I take the video in a direction that I promise you, no one will see coming when talking about internet memes. He puts an Iron Man glove on and then attaches fireworks to it and shoots it up into the <laughs> sky in the middle of the night. That's my very first YouTube video that's still up, but no, there were, it's, it's a fun time. Um, thank you to everyone who has left reviews for this podcast. I haven't checked into on them too much, but I think in future episodes, I'm going to bring back shouting out the names of people. I think that's very fun to do. So thank you so much for, um, for leaving reviews and, and helping spread the word because spreading the word about this podcast is really the best way to, uh, to get people to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, podcast podcasts don't have a really great algorithmic recommendation system because it's on so many platforms, kind of the cool part of it being web 2.0 technology. But, um, it does mean that podcasts really only grow through word of mouth. So, um, put word in mouth. I made that joke already. Um, but word your mouth about the podcast uh, to anybody yes. who you think would like it or, or be interested in the topic and with all of the stuff in the news these days about uh, UF or uh, what's it called UAPs in the American government or apparently China just announced that they might have found a signal from uh, extraterrestrial intelligence so you know if people are like wow have you heard about the UFO stuff you're like well have I got a show that'll make you not believe in that anymore <laughs> then you can uh, yeah tell them about the show we have a website propsnotaliens.com where you can pretty much find this show on any format that they'd be comfortable with and that'd be a great place to go yeah thank you so much for listening once again my name is scott nicewander i'm tristan johnson and that's all for today but don't worry friends the truth is out there probably Classic happy episode. Nothing bad happened. Well, except the people who died that you mentioned earlier. (laughs) 